It's not every day that you get to talk with a, a luminary, a legend in the database industry. Today on the show, Michael Cahill joins me. He was one of the architects of the Wire Tiger storage engine. Wired Tiger first appeared as an optional storage engine in MongoDB version 2.8. Shortly thereafter, Wired Tiger, the company, was acquired. And not long after that, Wired Tiger assumed the default storage engine position for the MongoDB database, bringing along with it massive improvements in performance, scalability, changing the MongoDB and the database landscape forever. Keith Bostic and Michael Cahill developed BerkeleyDB years before beginning their work on Wired Tiger. Both Keith and Michael work for MongoDB today. On the show today, Dr. Michael Kale. Please stay tuned. This is the MongoDB podcast. MongoDB World is returning to New York City. It's MongoDB World 2022. The future runs on MongoDB. This is a conference for creators, disruptors, and transformers of tomorrow. Register today. Visit mongodb.com slash world 2022. Join us from June 7th to the 9th for three days of announcement-packed keynotes, hands-on workshops, and deep-dive technical sessions. Be sure to use the code PODCAST to get 25% off. Visit mongodb.com slash world-2022. My name is Michael Carl. Uh, I was one of the founders of Wired Tiger, the company, and then um, one of the main developers of, of some of the functionality in Wired Tiger. I became the director of the storage engines team after MongoDB acquired Wired Tiger. So for five years or so, my life was about integrating that team and um, continuing to enhance the, the functionality uh, in, in the storage engine. And more recently, I've taken on a new role, um, which is running a small group called MongoDB Labs. Uh, and so now what I'm looking at is kind of research projects that are uh, helping us answer questions about the future of MongoDB. Tell us what a storage engine is. Yeah, absolutely. So a database is responsible for managing data. You can put data in and you can ask questions and get data back out again. The role of the storage engine is the, the sort of the bottom layer of the database. It doesn't necessarily know anything about what the data means. It doesn't um, necessarily know the difference between, um, you know, BSON data and some other format. But what the storage engine does do is make sure that data is saved to disk, kept persistent, so that if you lose power or there's some kind of other failure, um, when you start up again, it's the job of the storage engine to get your data back into a, a consistent state so that you can keep, keep going. And the storage engine is also responsible for um, handling concurrency. So when there are lots of things happening at the same time in a server, you might have queries and updates all, all running at the same time. It's the job of the storage engine to um, figure out how those operations can, can run in parallel and still give the, the right answers. What makes Wired Tiger different from MMAP? So there's a few things. Um, maybe one of the most obvious is that um, the, is, is, there's a clue in the name, which is MMAP was about directly mapping the data that was uh, stored on disk into memory and then accessing it 
uh, sort of in, in place. So one of the first choices we made at, at Wire Tiger was to separate out the on-disk format from how we deal with data in memory. And that lets us do things like compression and encryption. And um, it also lets us um, buffer changes in memory, um, which we can do very quickly. And then later on, we can we can take a whole lot of those buffered changes and, and write them out to disk in one, one operation, one IO. Um, so that's the first difference is this uh, choice we made in WireTiger to separate disk and, and memory formats that lets us get uh, some of the advantages of, of in-memory storage and sort of memory speeds, but um, will still have a really efficient on-disk uh, representation of, of data. And then the other big part of what we did in WireTiger was all around concurrency. So it was around letting operations run in parallel. Reads and writes, for example, can be on the same data, can be running in parallel without, without conflicting with each other. So you can read data and you get uh, a snapshot of, of that data at the same time that some other thread might be updating the same document. And that means that we can support really large numbers of, of concurrent operations and, and scale up to big servers much better than the old MMAP storage engine could. Now, Wired Tiger is a standalone storage engine, correct? That's right. So we started out as a, as a, a library that could be used in a lot of different places. Um, to use that library, you have to write code against our the Wired Tiger C, C++ API. Um, but we still do open source releases of WireTiger, and there are still some uses of, of WireTiger outside of MongoDB. Mm. Are there other databases that are leveraging WireTiger to the same degree? N nothing like to the same degree. So um, it, it is in use in a few places, but um, we've done a whole heap of work over our time here at MongoDB to tailor the functionality to support uh, additional things that we've built on top in, in MongoDB. So um, a lot of the support for transactions and distributed transactions uh, was started out by, by building some functionality in the storage engine that could then be leveraged by replication and then sharding to build the, the transaction functionality on top. And at least to my knowledge, there's no other database that's, that's using WireTiger in that way. When MongoDB acquired WireTiger, how did that impact the company? Well, we were a small distributed team prior to the acquisition. So the, the immediate thing that happened was that some of us started coming into an office. Uh, I'm based in, in Sydney, Australia, and there was a MongoDB office in Sydney at the time. And so the very first thing that happened was that the, the Sydney engineers working on Wire Tiger started seeing each other every day because we were working together in an office. Um, but maybe the, the kind of the, the more general, sort of bigger answer to your question is that we became part of a, a bigger organization with, with many, many more customers than we'd been dealing with up to that point. Um, and we also learned a lot about the, the many different ways in, in which customers use MongoDB. There isn't just a MongoDB workload um, that we could use to, to drive all of our work and, and measure performance improvements. So a lot of it was about um, generalizing out um, some of maybe the, the rough edges in, in WireTiger to make uh, the, the whole sort of end-to-end -end user experience of MongoDB much better. And we, we, um, we added 
uh, a ton of functionality very quickly. We added, um, you know, the encrypted storage engine came fairly quickly after the acquisition. The in-memory storage engine also um, came relatively soon, within a year or so. Um, and so, yeah, we, ha we had a, a ton of work as a team at, at WireTiger to support all these new use cases uh, that, that MongoDB sort of opened up um, for, for us. WireTiger became the default storage engine, I think, was it 3.2 or 3.0? That's right. No, in 3.0, yeah. so 3.0 was only a few months after the acquisition. And it was pretty remarkable in retrospect that within, you know, we were, the acquisition happened in November. And I think 3.0, I don't know when the official release was, but we had 3.0 ready to go in January. Now, at that stage, that was with WireTiger as, as an optional add-on. You had to choose when you were starting MongoDB with whether to use MMAP or WireTiger. But at the end of that same year, so within 12 months of the acquisition, um, we released 3.2, and at that point, WireTiger was the default. Now, can users still make use of MMAP if they want to? MMAP was deprecated um, some years back and has now been removed. So. Uh, WireTiger is the um, you know is is your your go-to storage engine for all of your MongoDB needs now. What's the most striking difference that users experienced when they moved from MMAP to WireTiger? The biggest thing that everybody noticed right away on day one was compression. So uh, in a lot of cases, what we saw was that data was up to ten times smaller on disk than. Um, with with WireTiger than it had been with with MMAP. So what that that means in practice is that people who'd been you know approaching the limits of their disk space or had provisions a server of a certain size um, with MMAP, they could now fit a whole lot more data uh, into that same amount of space with with WireTiger. So it just um, opened up a, a kind of a, a huge amount of capacity for for a whole lot of customers. You know we live largely in a world where people are continuing to move to the cloud. Atlas removes a lot of the detail work, a lot of the technical work from the developer. And that's a good thing. What do you think the developer needs to know? Why is it important that we continue to, to work really hard on WireTiger? And, and how does the, the developer today experience the, the, the benefits associated with the work you're doing? Absolutely. The, the reason um, we still work on it is because we are supporting a whole lot of additional functionality beyond this simple um, storing data on your local disk and then restarting after a crash of a, of a single server. We've done all of this work in support of the distributed systems functionality in, in MongoDB, and that continues. So we've got a whole roadmap of work going off into, into the future that will improve horizontal scalability of MongoDB. We've done a whole lot of work that I haven't talked about yet on backup, for example, to make backups more efficient. Um, and that kind of work is what keeps keeps us busy and keeps keeps the team going. Um, in terms of the the kind of regular developer experience, you, you're absolutely right that Atlas hides a lot of the details. Things like auto scaling and uh, so auto scaling for CPU and auto scaling of storage uh, mean that in a lot of cases developers don't really notice what's going on under the hood. They, they can just treat uh, the, the socket that they get as a, a MongoDB 
connection. They can insert data and they can run queries and they don't really need to worry so much about what's happening behind the scenes. But the kind of places where um, where storage functionality is, is visible are, are as if um, you're, for example, looking really closely at your performance. If you really want to tune your performance, then you end up looking at stats. And you'll see in the, the statistics that MongoDB exports, there's a whole category that are all around what's going on inside the storage engine. And for, for a lot of workloads, that can be really key. You know, if you can, if you can switch, uh, make a change in your workload so that it all fits in RAM, for example, and you're not doing any IO as part of your, your regular operations, it's going to go much faster. Or similarly, if you can switch from a, um, a random IO workload where you're going and reading things, uh, you know, here and there all over the place to one that works sequentially by doing a scan through all of your data and processing, you know, all of the data um, together. That's going to be a whole lot more efficient in, in a lot of cases. So those are, those are some places where, where the storage engine is still visible and, and matters. And then another one is around um, the concurrency control. Uh, where you're you're doing multiple operations concurrently. So, for example, if you're if you've got lots of operations trying to update the same document, then um, it comes down to the storage engine to decide which of those operations succeed and in what order. Uh, and again, if you want that to be really efficient, you do need to know something about the storage engine to to make really good use of it. Now, there's clearly a delineation between the application that is MongoDB, not, not the application above MongoDB, but MongoDB, the application and the storage engine and how they, they interoperate. I'd like you to talk a little bit about the decisions that are made about modifications to the storage engine and how you go about making those decisions. You can improve the performance of the application by understanding exactly what MongoDB is doing to, um, to, to distribute a write to multiple uh, nodes in a cluster and make sure that it's it's consistent across the cluster. Knowing that that's an operation that needs to take place in MongoDB, the application, what can you do in the storage engine to facilitate more efficiency there? Well, the, the kinds of things we've, we've done are um, designed a whole mechanism that uh, is used across the storage engine and uh, the, the distributed systems layer in, in MongoDB. So um, one of the... One of the sort of key things that ends up becoming important in distributed systems is, is time and, and clocks, because each of the servers that's involved has its own notion of, of time, right? And clocks are kind of ticking ahead at, at, at some, some rate. And what we've done with WireTiger is expose this um, control over, over timing um, from deep down inside the storage engine uh, uh, to the rest of, of MongoDB as an application. So that like a complicated case is that you run a distributed transaction in, in your, your application, not MongoDB, but in your application. And what that does is has to coordinate writes across multiple shards. So it, it might update a document on one shard and update another document on another shard, but what the promise that MongoDB makes is that both of those updates will be visible or, or neither of them will. Like they have to kind of happen together. And coordinating what it means for, for the, those operations to happen together 
ultimately in, in our system is done by the storage engine. And it's because we let the, the rest of the system control time. We let the, the system tell us the timestamp when these operations happen. And then the storage engine respects those timestamps later on when it's running queries and makes sure that applications see what they should. They, they don't see things that happen out of order or in the future. Or, and that is, a, again, is a kind of key design choice that we made when we were designing transactions for MongoDB that, that then turned into a whole lot of work for the storage engine to support that, that notion of, of times and timestamps. A sort of a shared clock. Yeah, it is. It's it's shared, but but it, the, what's interesting is who gets to decide when it ticks, right? And and the the choice that we made, which is not the same as other systems, is that um, the the ticks happen at the distributed systems layer. So the 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 notion of time comes from um, writing oplog entries in MongoDB. That's where we allocate new times and the times that are that are being generated up there drive all of the sequencing of operations inside the storage engine what do you think it's important for developers to know about wire tiger i think uh there are a few things that that's they're worth knowing my um my kind of research background is in consistency consistency models for transactions. And so one of the things I think it's really important for, for developers to know is that WireTiger provides what's called snapshot isolation. That means that when you start a query, and again, MongoDB exposes this in different ways. We've got um, read preferences and various other things that, that all play into this. But when you um, start a query in WireTiger, it establishes a point in time and all of the operations in that query run at that same point in time. So you get a snapshot. And then when you go to do updates, your updates are attempting to go from that snapshot to some new version of data. So they make, they make changes as of the snapshot and try and get you to some new point. If there are, if there are no conflicts, then you get to commit your changes and um, you, you, create a new snapshot and everything's good. One of the things that is visible to developers who are, um, who are looking closely is that WireTiger um, generates write conflicts if you have updates to the same document running concurrently. And so one operation gets to kind of install its, its update and the next one that comes along gets a conflict and has to try again. This is one of the things that's really critical to understand, just also partly from a, um, a conceptual point of view, just to understand what's going on. But also if you, if you want a really high performing application, you don't want to get into a situation where all of your operations are having to retry all the time in order to get their, their rights installed. Um, so yeah, I think snapshot isolation and, and kind of the optimistic currency control um, part of WireTiger, which is this retrying of rights. I think th those are really key things that developers should, should really know about. How did you get interested in storage engines and, and this line of work? Look, that, that goes way back to um, <laughs> when I was an undergraduate. Um, I, was, uh, I was really fortunate to uh, come on exchange to the US. So I'm, I'm Australian, I'm based in Sydney, but I was, was really lucky to do 
um, a semester at Harvard um, back when I was an undergraduate. And the team there was building an operating system. It was a research operating system, but it had some, some interesting features. And that really got me into this space of system software, low-level software that is, is um, thinking about concurrency, uh, IO, all of the things that operating systems and low-level software needs to worry about. And um, one way or another, I've been working at that level for my, my whole career. So I got back in touch with, with some of the folks from that group, um, including um, my, my advisor at the time and, and Keith Bostick, uh, and joined their, their company, Sleepy Cat Software, back around 20 years ago. And um, storage engines has, have essentially been, been my working life ever since. I'd love to get Keith to spend some time with me on the podcast. Maybe you can help me out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to work yeah. on him. I think, I think it'd be yeah. great. Thanks so much to Michael for joining us today. And thanks to you, the listeners. If you want to learn more about the Wired Tiger storage engine, head on over to the docs pages at mongodb.com docs. Just give a search for Wired Tiger. You'll learn all about the storage engine. Don't forget to use the code PODCAST when you're registering for MongoDB World 2022. It's June 7th through the 9th, coming to New York City. Visit mongodb.com world-2022. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.